0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. What day is it? No. It's
1: Tuesday, right? Tuesday. Okay.
2: Yeah, what do you mean, no, it's not a day? You scared me. No, yeah, so what I'm sure saying is just... be sure to remind me tomorrow, Young Thunder. Uh-huh. Because we got to do it. Yes, it is a day. Today is a day. Yeah. It is Tuesday.
3: I, I did, sure. when you said, what day is it? I started scrambling to get the key ready because I was like, is it Wednesday? It must I be know. Wednesday. <laughs> we're going to play it anyways. No, we're not going to do Only it Only on Wednesday. But on Wednesday, Wednesday we're going
2: to fire it up. Well, we're all back in the saddle. Bashy's back in the saddle again. <laughs> back in the saddle again. We're never going to run from... Oh, I had a great line, but I uh, can't you? share it. Uh, so
3: <laughs> you? I had a great line, but I can't share it. Okay.
2: Allie's back, everybody. Good morning. Come on, Allie. Yippity-tie-yay. Yippity-tie-yay-yay. It its good you to You
3: still,
1: be still got
2: that thing loaded up? I don't, but I can get Man, it for that's you. a good song. That's a great one to welcome <laughs> Allie back into the saddle again. It is really good. Good to be back.
1: Good to be back.
3: Yeah, warm that thing up right good now. On I'm back. getting my... Uh, my Gene Autry's pipe's ready, asking him if he's good to go. Yeah. Gene Autry. Is okay.
4: that who sings that? Yep. I'm back in the saddle again. Out where a friend is a friend. Where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly and weed. I'm back in the saddle again. Riding the reins once more. <laughs>
3: That's what Allie's got on Didn't her. She's yet, got man. one of those 44 on her head. Nobody messes with her walking into the studio. <laughs> again. Oh, boy. Oh, well, with the safety act, you, got, you can't be
2: too careful out there. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I don't know how you found that once upon a time.
3: Well, it's good because I, I feel like out of all the people, Allie is the one who likes the like just going out into nature the least. Oh well, in terms of like like I think of like camping, forest no, like the wilderness. Oh, camping.
1: No, but I like to be near water.
3: I like to take yeah, nature yeah, yeah. walks. That's fair. That's nature. I draw too. the
1: line at like sleeping in nature. That's fair. <laughs> just like to enjoy it during the daytime hours. Yeah.
3: And so I just like to think you of would actually love it, Allie. Cowgirl Allie riding a horse out in the wilderness with a forty-four. It's a good picture. Um, it's a it's wow. a wow. I've only ridden a horse one time
1: in my life, just one time, as a college freshman. I How did to, it go? You know, it was. I was poorly dressed for it, of course. So that you <laughs> know, I just didn't really did know. You have
2: your cowboy boots on? No, I had like some Man. Air
1: Max Nikes on. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just cow, remember. I remember the next,
1: exactly. the next day, the level of soreness. Like in the inner leg, you don't even realize uh, how much you're very
2: real about horse. They're like
1: squeezing to like stay on the horse, and so the next day you really are kind of walking like a cowboy. You aren't
2: supposed to be squeezing to stay on the horse, but when you're on there for the first time, you're you're right. As a newbie. No, my up until I'd ridden a horse, i would probably ridden a horse seven, eight times. But the first few times, you're right; it stretches your thigh muscles in ways that you cannot and you believe. Go, oh,
1: wow! This is this is really painful.
2: You know what? What what was hurting worse than that? The horse you were squeezing. Oh, I know. The poor guy. I know. He's like, I don't know who that woman was, but goodness <laughs> sakes. My back is never gonna be the same again.
1: <laughs> good experience.
3: Yeah, it's a, That's lot a good of fun. way to think about it. Animals that just don't really know what's going on is like all I was just eating, and then all of a sudden someone climbed on top of me and started squeezing me, and then I got to run. Like, what's happening? Yeah, poor
2: animals. I like it. <laughs> I had to give my one of my cats a B twelve shot yesterday, and Aww. she's a trooper. But when she sees that needle, oh, she's oh, yeah. like, not so fun. Hey. So, I hold her down oh. in a blanket on my lap. Oh, oh no. pull up a Napa skin right on top of her neck. And yeah. I put that little needle in there and give her a little shot of B12. And oh, poor little thing. then she runs like crazy yeah, from me. <laughs> no, now, until you
1: have greenies the next day, right? Yeah, she's yeah.
2: a greenie fan. She's oh. a good kid. I like that little girl, little rescue cat right off the streets of Chicago.
1: Are they working?
2: Oh, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, she's okay. bouncing back super down. Good, good, okay. Yeah, she was a sick girl, man. Yeah, I didn't, that's what I'm asking. I didn't know if we were gonna have to put her down, man. But I think what the problem is, is that she just eats stuff that she shouldn't be eating. and it, she, We can't let her outside on the back porch anymore, because she just finds any and foreign object and starts chewing bugs. on it, yeah. Yeah. and I think it's the plants that are giving her oh, fits. Oh, yes, that's
4: a good point. Yeah, so yeah.
2: keeping her off that stuff. <laughs> what's a distraction in your life? I want you to think about this this morning. What's a distraction in your life? Now, we have to be careful because some things that come upon us are not distractions as they are gifts from God to keep us clinging to him. But some distractions need to be thrown off our life. I'm not talking about sin here this morning. No, we're not talking about sin at all. We're talking about distractions. Things that are not Sin in our life. You might say, well, where does that come from? Check this out. This is Hebrews 12. This is awesome, guys. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, comma, and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What a passage. The first time I heard this preached, I thought, huh. It fascinated me, and it's stuck with me ever since. If you look at the Greek word for these distractions or encumbrances, just to break it down a little bit, it's a masculine noun. It's not often used in the New Testament, but it's used by the writer of Hebrews, who who he, is kind of inconclusive who that writer is. But it means to throw off whatever is kind of prominent but not sinful, Bulky but not sinful, kind of a mass but not sinful. It's a weight but not sinful, a burden but not sinful. It's the distractions, it's the things, and this is what's true about distractions. Distractions universally hold us back from running the race well, sure, but they aren't sin now. That ought to encourage you because we talk about sanctification all the time and it usually comes back to sin. We're not talking sin today. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, whoa, this is awesome. We're not talking about sin.
3: There's still conviction, though. I don't have to hand the tissue box to Allie all morning long. Oh,
2: boy. (laughs)
1: wow. Why is it so significant? Like, why is that such a significant distinction?
3: It's
2: big because I think we often imagine that, Anything that's holding us back from Christ must have sin at its root. Okay. I think we do. I think we default to... Yeah, I think that's fair. Anything that's holding me back, it must be sinful. Mm -hmm. No. It might just be a distraction. Now, can distractions not thrown off become sin? I, I would think so. Yeah, I've got a PhD in that. It's easy to do. Sure. So, but... It is important for us to pin down what are those distractions in our life that need to be thrown off. And we need to be careful with this, too. It's got another layer to it. Because some things that come along in our life that we think are distractions are just sharpening tools that God's allowing in our life to make us better people. Paul cried out to God. He appealed to him three times. God, take away this thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that was. Was it eyesight? Was it some other malady that he had going on? We don't know for sure. But God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And then Paul goes on to say, and God used this to keep me humble. There's a lot of things that God will allow in our life that are just there to keep us humble. But by and large, a lot of the stuff that's holding us back falls into two camps. Sin, which... I don't need to tell you that, Boom Crew. You guys are so sensitive to the spirits leading in your life. It's one of the coolest things working here is to see your hearts for God. Yeah, your heart for God. It is awesome. And to see you frustrated over sin, that's a great thing. So the question is, what are these distractions? What are these weights? What are these masses that are not sinful? But to fit the metaphor here, they hold us back from running well, the race that we're running to the glory of God. What are they? We'll get into that. As a matter of fact, let's ask it right now. Light us up on text messaging. 312-274-9624. What are they? What are those things that are holding us back from running the race and they aren't sinful?
0: 312-274-9624. No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, it's one of the coolest pictures that we find in Scripture.
2: It's a call on our life not just to sever sin from our life that clings so closely, but to lay aside every weight. This is a not-oft-used Greek word that we find in Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. But it's a great thing to think about. So I'm going to give you some food for this. Let me give it to you right now. I have now, my phone is now a dumb phone. Not because my search engines were sinful for me at all. I have search engines here at work and on my laptop at home. But on my phone, no more search engines. I have removed the ability to kind of look at and respond to uh, Facebook Posts that I make don't have it on my phone. Don't have a lot of things on my phone that I used to have, and I gave my wife the passcode because I don't trust myself to not bring back distractions into my life. Sure, Sure. it makes sense. But I've turned it into a total dumb phone. And here's here's the beauty. I'll give you the fruit of this. Yesterday, I left out of here after we got off air, and I walked one hour to Daystar on the on in the South Loop to our offices. And then I ultimately walked back after I had some meetings with the staff. So I walked an hour going and an hour coming. And without those distractions, you cannot believe the headway I made in prayer. The prep I had in my heart for when I met with the staff was unbelievable. And it's just one of those things that I've chosen to do, just remove these distractions, help me run more readily. Now, is looking at... um, Cable news online, is that a sin? No, it's not a sin. Could it be a distraction? Sure. Yeah, it can be. So I love the fact that the author of Hebrews doesn't throw everything into the bucket of sin because life isn't that way. Sometimes there's things that are A-OK until they aren't. And that's what distractions are. They're not sinful and this is a fun one to hit because we don't often talk about non-sinful distractions in our life. We always want to lump it into the, oh, this is what's eating my lunch right now.
1: So what would you say? What are those distractions in your own life that tangle you up a little bit? Not sinful, but they slow you down. Give us a text or a call on this one. 312-274-9624.
2: Somebody said De bears. You know what? <laughs> Sports.
4: That's good. Yes, that
2: actually can be good. Oh, you're right. <laughs> And it can also save you from getting ulcers. Your response on text message,
0: 312-274-9624. Going from believers of Jesus to followers of Jesus. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
2: Okay, some, uh, we're getting a lot of feedback in here. And we'll get to that in a moment. Somebody asked, how in the world do you turn your smartphone into a dumb phone? It's pretty easy. If you go into your ge- general settings... You'll, you'll look down. I think this is the same way for Android, right, guys? Uh, I, think you honest,
3: to, I I got an iPhone. I'm not sure.
2: I think you go to general settings and you go down to screen time. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you open screen time, you'll notice that if you scroll down, it says change screen time password. That's how you get a password that somebody who loves you can hold on to that password. But you go into your presets and you have apps. So if you've got a app that isn't proprietary, in my case, to the iPhone, which is it defaults to Safari. So if you've if you've loaded up DuckDuckGo or Firefox or Chrome or one of those, mm-hmm. you just delete those apps off of there. That's gone. Then you've got to deal with Safari. And if you go into the always allowed, excuse me, if you go into the communication No, that isn't it either.
1: App limits?
2: No, if you go into, no, if you, actually, thank you. If you go into the content and privacy restrictions, you're going to see a whole menu of things that you can have on or off, and you can go in there and find Safari, and you click it off. So if you, yeah, you can turn Safari off. Yeah. Then you go into screen time and you reset the code. Now, it might be a little confusing to you, but if you spend 10 minutes working on this, you'll figure it out. Absolutely. It's real simple. Go into your settings, go to screen time, find the Safari link that's going to be in there under restrictions, and then snap that thing off give your, and then have your spouse reset the or a good friend reset your screen time code and you're locked out.
4: And
1: if you've play around with this, if you've not looked at this before, because there's lots of ways that you can customize this. So let's say you need to have your search engine, but there's something somewhat, maybe you need to block out your Instagram and Facebook. Maybe those are the things that are tripping you up. If you don't want to delete them, you can certainly make them inaccessible or you can have limits. Maybe you only want to be on for 10 minutes a day. You can have it to block. So there's lots of ways that you can do this. So play around with it a little bit. You can definitely customize it to to really increase the possibility that you'll be successful here.
2: And one of the coolest things you can do here, guys, if you're struggling with pornography, you can go into content restrictions and you can restrict all, what's the best way to call it? They have a name for it adult websites. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, they have a different name for it, but you know what any I'm saying. Any website that might Mature. be a hindrance, any potential to use my dad's word, smut, <laughs> might pop up, you can block it. And then you give away your screen time code to someone else. They've got control of it. By the way, be sure to tell them don't lose that if you ever need to reset it. Excellent point. (laughs) So make sure you get that. But, yeah, it's a a beautiful thing, guys. It is a beautiful thing. You know, I, I got to the point even with my Facebook account, you know, I was finding myself feeling like I need to respond to things right now when people would maybe say something on it. And then I realized, no, I don't. And then I find myself going there too frequently. So I'm like, ah, if I got to respond to Facebook, I'll do it here at this computer at work or at my laptop at home. Yeah. But I don't need to have Facebook response right at my fingertips. Not all the time. Guess what? I'm making it through life. It's amazing. (laughs) Your life? (laughs) Doing okay. It's going okay. Yes, you made it. Yeah, I'm making it. So there's ways to do this thing. And this is this. It takes some courage, especially if you've got to wean yourself off of this. It can be tough.
1: It, definitely. Definitely. But,
2: but I would encourage cold turkey. I would encourage cold turkey. Go cold turkey on this thing. And when you have someone else that's got the screen time code, it's easy to go cold turkey. Because the last thing I want to do is go back to my wife going, I do like that, you know, open up that app and get me a, could we load up Safari again? There's so many distractions in this world, guys, and
0: God wants to give us victory. He really does discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: Well, you just heard our station manager, Matt McNeely, talking about our upcoming share week, which is next week. We're building a prayer crew. We've done this a couple times before. Yeah. If you can commit to praying for a 30-minute slot strategically during one of the times that we're on air, we would love to have you a part of the crew. So just text the word crew if you want to sign up to pray. You can do it on your own, based on your own schedule, own location. You don't have to get here to campus. Just text the word crew C-R-E-W to 312-274-9624. Just text the word CREW to get the sign-up link. C-R-E-W to 312-274-9624.
2: I shut down my fishing video. Too many subscriptions. My many fishing videos. Too many subscriptions. Uh,
3: YouTube. That's fair.
1: YouTube can be a big distraction.
2: Mm -hmm. People pleasing.
3: I think that's a good one. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a sin. Not always sin. Yeah. Can be.
2: Can be. So let's let's ideate this one, guys. What are
3: distractions for you? Hmm. Distractions for me, I think, first is sports. Sports aren't a sin, but I can make them an unhealthy distraction.
2: Yeah, I think that's right on. Yeah. You know so much about football, it's unbelievable. I do, and it's so fun. So don't back off too much because you're a walking encyclopedia for me for sports.
3: I was going to say, it's fun and it's enjoyable, but there's a healthy balance that, that should have its position in my life and it should stay there.
2: Who's the top quarterback coming out in the draft this next year? Caleb Williams out of USC.
3: Hmm.
2: Another reason to tank it this year. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the way. That's true. We're on the way. What about you, I,
1: the I would say phone. My phone can be a major distraction.
2: I think phones in general can just be a major distraction. I,
1: yeah, I mean, I think when I hear the word distraction, that is the first thing that comes to mind. Because I would say that a good 75-plus percent of people who own a smartphone would probably say, yes, this is a distraction for me. Yeah, have, I've yet to meet somebody who... Isn't distracted by their phone.
3: That's very true.
1: I mean, just think about point, the yeah. amount of times you're at a stoplight and the lights turn green, but the person in front of you, and I've so been that do. person, so I've been guilty of this. Where have you,
3: who
1: I Who's that you it? the other oh. day?
4: <laughs>
1: Honking the horn They're at her. They're distracted. They've got to a red light, they look down to check something, and so the true, traffic isn't it? behind them's like, come on. This is distracted. This
2: isn't infrequent. Not oh, at no, all. This all is an time. epidemic. Or well, you see
1: people driving and their eyes are going up and down as they're trying to. They're, now I mean, that, distracted that, driving is super dangerous. This is why we need morning. self-driving
2: cars. Because yeah. these machines in our hands, it is scary. How many people are looking down? And I've seen guys driving with
3: their knees uh-huh. and yeah. texting.
1: Ugh. Yeah, That's the worst. That is so, so dangerous. It's so
3: dangerous. I mean, you're driving, uh, screaming at least... Four thousand pounds of metal you know at 60 miles an hour let's drive like that's what we're doing i mean i do the same thing i get distracted and i so i can't say it like i'm someone who doesn't do it but yeah it's distractions a gigantic deal it oh, can be dangerous oh
2: here's a good one and this is a good one. Oh, this is a good one hang on i'll tell you in a minute and a half this is a good one
0: Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew mornings.
2: Is Doug. I have just met you and I love
3: you. Uh, 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 My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel. <laughs> you guys know that movie? I saw no. It. That it's up. <laughs> it's oh. the dog with the talking collar and he can't ever finish his sentences because he's distracted by thinking there's a squirrel around. Oh, I hope they made They made a whole even... movie on this? Well, it's not the whole movie. No, He's just one of the characters okay. in. It. He's a side Squirrel. character. Squirrel. <laughs> Distractions, man. The I if
1: you've had a hound, Dogs just are really way. Squirrel. Squirrels can be distracting.
3: Oh, yeah. <sighs> what's, what's distracting
2: you? It's not sin, but it's holding you back from running the race. We're in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. We've alluded to this before, but if you've never seen it before, this is one of the most fascinating things about the teachings in the scriptures. that sometimes you find things that go, oh, I'll never forget this, sitting at Multnomah Bible College and having our homiletics prof uh, preach this passage. And he knew it was kind of a shocker. Because especially when you come to Bible college, things are black and white, man. There's nothing in that gray kind of baggage zone. It's either you're in sin or you're walking in righteousness, baby. But life is filled with distractions. And we're asking you a question. What distractions do you need to get out of your life that aren't necessarily sin, but you got to get them out? Have I got a good one for you here, guys. Everyone's going to say hoorah to this one. I got off big group texts. Oh, yes. Amen. Oh, oh, deliver us, oh God. Group texts. They are the worst. They are the worst. They are the worst. There is nothing worse than being on big
3: group texts. If you don't hide the alerts, then it just, it's like buzz after buzz after buzz after buzz because, you know, six people are all talking at once and it's like, being there for a conversation, but every time someone says something, your pocket buzzes, and it's like, well, that's that's extremely distracting. Oh, man, it's bad that way. It is bad that way. Coming up, we're going to break this
2: down in a real practical way for the kiddos in your life, too, because, my goodness, is anyone more distracted than Gen Z? My
0: goodness. Start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. We love to talk in
2: dramatic terms around here, only because Jesus did. Okay. Yeah. He says, if your eye caused you to sin, gouge Gouge it it out. out. It's pretty rough language.
1: Yeah, that's graphic.
2: If your arm caused you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off. Now, what he goes on to say is, look, it's better to enter heaven being a pirate, basically, than to lose your soul. And so what's going on here? Here's what's going on. We've got to kill what's killing us. And we've got a guy with us right now who is just awesome at this because sometimes what's killing us is what's coming through screen time and it's coming at us left and right. And by the way, the principles of killing sin in our life for one area apply to so
4: many others, Allie.
1: So true. We've got Steve Arterburn with us right now. First of all, what is killing us?
4: Well, I'll tell you what's killing our kids is that no matter what you do as a parent you send your kids off and you could say well i've got every filter possible on that <laughs> phone yeah and yeah i limit what they watch on television and all this but i'm telling you the culture of screen and social media is raising our kids everything that comes toward them is essentially a either an overt or covert message of Nobody knows what they're talking about that's older than you. Parents are old-fashioned. Here's the new way to think. And the new way to think is anti-biblical, anti-Christian, and it erodes our values. But here's what I think is the most shocking truth about understanding and loving your child in a screen saturated world. Okay. There's a guy named Dr. Samuel and he did research that I think is shocking. There are three types of people that parents that working with social media. First is the limiter. They're worried, worried about the attention span of that child. They're worried about stunted social development, yes. physical, mental, so all that. A limiter actually does more damage then the enabler that just thinks the Internet's not that bad, no restrictions, no harm. The enabler people create kids that start to limit themselves. The limiters, they're three times more likely to impersonate their parent to look at either accidentally or on purpose pornography. And so you go, well, what in the world could be better than us parents here that limit? Yeah. And I'm telling you, I was one of those. Well, it's actually what we call the mentor model that doesn't just limit, and we need to limit, but it engages with the child in social media and on screens. So what that means is the parent is researching uh, like age-appropriate apps that they think their child will love. So the model isn't just limit, it's actually bring your child to the screen
2: that you choose. All right, let me get, let me see if I got this right. Steve Arterburn's our guest right now, guys, and we're going to give you a location to find all these resources in just a little bit. So you're saying you got, and if I was going to put these in, in my order, I think I'd go enabler, and that's not good, limiter, That actually creates a reaction where kids, they almost get more curious when you're a limiter, it sounds like. And then mentor, I think mentor, this is good. So here's what, what, now my kids are adults long since out of the home. But we made a commitment as parents and we did it. We got our in front of the curve. Our kids knew about sex ed before the kids on the playground could tell them. How do you yeah. do that in a screen time world? Isn't that what you're talking about with mentoring
4: here? How do you do that? It's a challenge. So in the screen saturated world, you need to be talking about from an early age The fact that most of the stuff that you see, you have to say this, most of the stuff you see will sound good, look good, feel good, and it's absolutely wrong. So you have to tell them that. So you have to be engaged with your child, take a risk, be unpopular, filter, limit. But, you know, uh, you can limit everything, and a child holds up a picture on the bus, and, well, there we are. At eight, my son went over to the neighbor's house. We thought they were safe, and uh, they got on the dark web, and they saw decapitations and, and worse kind of trauma for an eight-year-old. And, wow. oh, my goodness. So I'm I've been where a lot of parents are, thinking they were doing a great job, but really not. How do you
1: coach a child out of that, a child who's seen something really disturbing online, whether it's sexually or violent? How do you help a kid who's who's experienced that kind of trauma?
4: You know, I don't think you can coach them out of it. If it's been traumatic, you have to do what we did. And that's you have to find an amazing Christian counselor that knows how to connect with young kids and finally deal with what maybe they've been reluctant to fully tell you about. I'm really big on pastoral counseling, lay counseling in a lot of areas. But if the child has been traumatized by something online, it it is truly a trauma because it saturates everything they think, feel, and uh, is going to influence what they experience.
2: Okay, Uh, Steve Arterburn is our guest right now, founder and chairman of New Life Ministries, very popular author. Every Man's Battle was one of, uh, I think, that put you on the map, so to speak, Steve. But (laughs) we like to get really practical here. Here's the bummer. You got a lot of single parent homes you're talking to right now, Steve. Right. And they don't have what, you know, what comes with single parent homes? Lack of discretionary funds. So I'm going to cut to the chase on this one. How do you get a kid? And by the way, less monitoring of stuff that's going on. So there's more of some of the vile stuff that kids are seeing that are in those homes. So you get, and I'm I'm being really practical here, Allie. I'm just going practical. Yeah. How, how you tell me. How does God intend to help help these kids that are raised in single parent homes that have seen stuff that has greater monitoring skills in a higher affluent neighborhood of town? How do how do you help them if they can't afford counseling,
4: Steve? Well, you you said how does God help them? Yeah. Well, God helps them by Steve helping them or the parent helping them or the professional helping them. And like if if I was low income, I would call this person this a group that is uh, funded by uh, donations and all their services are free so you've got to do the research a great parent finds the resources for their child they don't just go oh well you know he's going to youth group so he'll be fine no 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 if you didn't have any kind of help at all read everything you could read on kids traumatized by social media And then you and maybe another parent and a child, you'd form your own group. And then with so much online and virtual counseling and stuff, there are people that want to help your kids and they don't need money to do it. Excellent.
1: Got Steve Arterburn with us right now. The book's called Understanding and Loving Your Child in a Screen-Saturated World. Coming up, what if you have parents who are at odds over screen time? One parent who is all in let's let them learn on the screen and the other parent is like let's take it all away how do you work that out in a home coming up more with steve arterburn
0: giving hope directly from the source we're carl and crew mornings
1: So your spouse has a different view on how your kids should use screens than you do. Steve Arterburn, what do you say? Uh, Parents are not on the same page about (laughs) expectations around screen time. Happens all the time. What do you say?
4: Well, I, I say that I hope they're not in one of these families, and this is where I get really unpopular with a lot of people. I hope they're not in one of these families that says, well, you know, uh, we we uh, work together, you know, well, unless we disagree. And of course, I'm the tiebreaker. There is no place in the Bible that says the man should be the tiebreaker because there's a verse that says, submit yourselves one, one to, another. to another out of reverence for for Christ and then there are about fifty words on a woman's need to submit and over a hundred words to a man on how in the world you should die to self. If you have a man dying to self, he's not standing up saying, Well I'm the tiebreaker. So you sit down You say, when can we spend two hours trying to work this through, look at the positives, the negatives, yours, so we can try to come to an agreement. And if you don't, you need to bring in a third party, and you need to say, help us come to some kind of agreement on what to do here. And then if you can't do that with all of that effort, you probably got some bigger problems than just not agreeing on this policy. But don't just think that this is a tiebreaker thing. And it's just one person because you might be wrong. Yeah, there are things I'm wrong about all the time, and and I have people to tell me that. So don't think that just because you're a man, you got it right. And by the way, this whole spiritual uh, leadership thing that we talk about for men, you know, that means you're the first to be on your knees praying, Amen. first to read the Bible. It means you're the first to ask for forgiveness, first to say I'm sorry. First, to show how to serve another person. Amen. That's what spiritual leadership is. It's not reading a five-minute devotional in the morning before they go off to school.
2: <laughs> no, I'm well. with you. Steve Arterburn, our guest right now, you're nailing it. T- if that's uncomfortable for people to hear, then they don't, they don't have a lot of comfort listening to us, because we <laughs> go after that a lot. Um, Steve, all right, my man, it's a tsunami out there, dude. It isn't a little wave on the Pacific Ocean. True. It's a True. tsunami. There are parents right now listening to you that go. I think I've already lost the battle right now. Yeah, I, I've already lost the battle. I've al- So I'm going to give you a couple scenarios and we got to get quick responses. What do you say to the parent who feels like I've already lost the battle, Steve. My kids already got this stuff. Where do we pick up from here?
4: Well, you may have lost a couple of battles, but you haven't lost the war. Amen. So you need to you need to dust yourself off and get over your ego and get in there and look for the resources that you can use to help. Love it. Patrick Sprinkle is an amazing podcaster and author. That's a person that really knows all the transgender, uh, all the stuff on transitioning that you need Christian answers for. So you need to. Look at podcasts, read books, and become very, very uh, educated in this area. This book covers all that, tells you why and what to do.
1: And it sounds like a really vital tool for parents. important. Understanding and loving your child in a screen-saturated world. Stephen Arterburn, our guest, he co-wrote it along with Alice Benton. Find it wherever you buy your books. Understanding and loving your child in a screen-saturated world.
0: Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, I'm going
2: to read to you what I read this morning. I get in here and I thought, I always skim what's going on in the other shows. I always check it out, see what's going on. This is hour one on Janet Parshall in the market. What time does that start? Four? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four o'clock hour, set your clocks today. Let me read this. Baggage has gotten a bad rap. We think it's all bad. We think it makes us less likely to have good, healthy relationships today. But baggage isn't just the bad stuff that happened to us in the past. It's the lessons we've taken from the pain we carry. It's how what we've been through has actually made us stronger and more capable than we imagine. And it's how we're going to make our current relationships work. Far from minimizing past pain, our guest will show you how to go through the baggage you carry from a difficult childhood and pull out the good stuff, the intentionality you've developed, the empathy you've gained, the trust you value so highly. He will share his own past in a dysfunctional family impacted by alcoholism and divorce and his present as part of a healthy, loving family to illustrate how to stop letting your past sabotage your presence present boom that's good stuff yes it's good stuff i love that and let me let me say this i there's one little sentence in here oftentimes we try to distance ourselves from the pain or kind of i think sometimes we look at our pain as something that we do not want to kind of revisit yeah, we, we want to forget it. We aim to get that thing out of our life. Mm-hmm. I have always felt, and after 40 years now, I can't believe I can say that, 40 years of being a pastor, deep pain equals deep ministry, Boom Crew. Deep pain equals deep ministry. And here's the harsh reality. You having gone through this under more than conquered through him who loves you, you have an opportunity in the healing that you've received to pass that on to others. We live in a broken world, man. No one is immune to having gone through pain. I still have a sentence or two that were spoken over me as a kid. One as a kid, one in high school that rattled through my head. I, I talked with a preacher here just a week ago. He had such a... Toxic relationship with his father, who is universally loved by people out there, but his dad beat the snoogies out of him. He says, every Mm. time I preach, I have to fight off the echoes of my dad's voice Mm. while I'm preaching. Mm. But let me tell you something. This young man is a great man. Why? Because the irony is God uses the pain in our life to do things that wouldn't otherwise happen. Superdai, you've been very honest about your pain that you've had in your life. Yeah, you've been very forthright. I'm not asking you to share that again today, but you've had you had an estrangement from a daddy, right, kiddo? Oh, for sure, in a big yeah. way. Yeah, and pain that came from that in ways that are are it pain, pains my heart, Superdai. Yeah, it's I love you, kiddo. Very
1: ugly and very very ugly. I mean. Even with both my parents.
2: But you know what, Superdie? You were an angry kid before Jesus saved your soul.
4: Oh, very angry, revengeful, you're, angry. Yeah,
2: you were ticked. And you know what? You are empathetic. Oh, like boy. no one's business, Superdie. Very true, mercy.
4: and so merciful. Only God, because you—I would never, have, yeah, imagine
2: that. God plus pain healed by the Holy Spirit, Superdie. You're right. No, I'm looking at you right now, kiddo. I'm looking at you.
0: You hear me? I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you.
2: Four o'clock today. If you've had pain from your past and you've wondered, why God? In fact, load up, why God? You got it, don't you? Austin. We're on the same page. Yeah, we're all. what What a great tune. I I want you to set a clock and be there at four o'clock today. I told Janice I was gonna uh, Janet partial. I said I'm gonna tell everyone in the boom crew to get there today at four o'clock. There you it. Why am I so rabid about this topic, Allie? Come on. Well,
1: I I do think it it addresses something that isn't often talked about, and when it is, it's talked about in such a negative way. Like if you if somebody brings baggage, yes, go. This person has so much baggage. It's always like. It's a very negative thing. Like you got to offload that stuff. You don't want to date somebody who has baggage. You don't want to bring baggage from one job to another, but the reality is all of us walk through life with a fair amount of baggage.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think early on as a pastor, I wanted to help people offload baggage and leave it behind and never think about it again. Or, uh, But the fact is, you can't forget baggage. You can't. doesn't work that way. You can try. So in lieu of not being able to forget it, how about if we leverage it to the glory of God? Yeah. And I'm going to say it again. Superdye, I don't know anyone with more empathy than you. And so, no, 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 don't (laughs) say, you don't have an open mic right now, okay? I'm just talking to you.
1: (laughs) It's true.
2: Yeah, it's true. And here's what's amazing. The other part of Superdive's story is what I alluded to. She was a ticked off rebel who was a party kid, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, other people's feelings. Bah.
2: You didn't care. You didn't care. You're in my way. Move. Wow.
3: That's, that's not the but die I know. No. I was going to say, it seems impossible. Y-
1: exactly.
3: Impossible to think that that was once who she was, but no longer is. Yeah, I. Whew.
2: Four o'clock today. Set your alarm. Get there. Ninety point one FM Moody Radio. I, I'm telling you, this is this is a huge nuance to the Christian faith that we need to be featuring. Don't dis, don't dismiss the pain that you've gone through as worthless. God will take the ugliest things in our life and use them to his glory and the good of others like we can't believe. Now, this doesn't mean that you need to rehearse it over and over and over again. It means that you've got it in your tool belt. You got a place for it finally. It's like God's pulled that out of the painful areas of your heart and he's put it in your hands now. And now you put it in your tool belt and you run into someone with a similar situation or something like you and you go.
1: Whoosh. Yeah. You, you call it baggage. We call it a tool belt.
2: Yes. Yes.
4: Allie.
0: That's my rant for the day. Got it going to go into work. Don't worry. Check out the curling crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, somebody has a great question. They said, could you address
2: what falls under sinful quotes and not sinful quotes, please? I don't know that I can do that for you. But I'm going to give you the central passage here that we're looking at today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also, implying that they did this very thing, the hall of fame of Mm -hmm. faith, those that have gone before us. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. This is an interesting word that is used here, and the most important thing you need to know about this word is that it means things that are not sinful, but they become distractions or weights holding us back it's a greek word that could be called mass mm. which is an interesting take on this thing yeah whatever mass implying weight that's yeah. holding you back from running but is not sinful
3: yeah and i mean it makes sense so you, so you look at I, I mean two examples obviously they each extends beyond this but i mean an alcohol addiction would hinder my ministry a, a inability to get up off the couch and stop watching TV, although the TV show is not sinful and sitting down is not sinful, being distracted with those things may hinder my ministry to my family. Yeah, and I think that's a
2: good observation because sloth is a pretty strong thing. Yeah. But can can something that is a hindrance become a sin? Oh yeah. Yeah. Come on. We've all got PhDs in that. But more often than not, what holds us back is a split between sinful things and just good old-fashioned garden variety distractions yeah, in our life. Isn't
1: it possible, though, that if we focus on that distinction, because a lot of times people will say, well, what? I'm, this isn't sinful. I'm not doing something sinful. And that almost becomes the justification for continuing it.
2: You said it right on, sister. Happens all the time. Yeah. That's one of the... As a pastor counseling, oh, I hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Get, people can be, they can justify flirtations at the job because they're not peddling.
1: Okay. Sure, yeah. So, so when you look at this scripture and you say, okay, well, let's, let's give it to you that maybe this isn't sinful, certainly it's in the weight category, so it also needs to be thrown off.
2: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the big ones for sure And uh, we did a pop quiz on this one. Allie was, I threw a question to her saying how many many people find their phones to be a distraction, not necessarily sinful, but a distraction. And I forgot to report back a little snap result on that poll. I would say you were right, Allie, at least with anecdotally here, about 75% of the people that have smartphones said, yes, it is a distraction to me. Man, we've got to drill down on this one, don't we? Yeah, it's huge. It's a big deal. Because think about this. And I, look, I'm I'm not going to say this saying, oh, look at me. But let me just tell you, I have turned my smartphone into a dumb phone. Meaning, I do not have the ability to, I don't have a search engine. I don't have... Firefox, I don't have Safari, I don't have any, any access to that. And it is a beautiful thing. As I walked for an hour from here to a staff meeting in the South Loop yesterday for our church, I had the most incredible time of prayer. And by the time I landed there, man, was I ready to go and lead this staff. It's awesome. Now, I'm gonna be candid with you. If that phone hadn't been a dumb phone, I would have had my pod scream and stuff in my ear. I would have been looking down at my phone. And is it sinful? No. Is it a distraction? Yeah. And Paul says, throw it off.
1: And I think to that question that someone asked, what's the difference? I think the reason why you can't answer that directly is because it's going to be different for different people that... What's a distraction for some people is not going to be a distraction for someone else.
2: Yeah. Here's a great statement. I don't know who your pastor is, but this is great. Tell him Coral thinks it's awesome. What our pastor often says on this topic of distraction is, a good thing becomes a bad thing when it crowds out the best thing.
1: Oh, that's good.
2: It's a great great statement. I've heard that before. So, I mean, it's probably not original with him, but it's a great statement isn't it really is a good thing becomes a bad thing when it crowds out the best thing wow so what are the distractions in your life i have found for you boom crew it is so therapeutic to just thumb in your answer to these things because there's all now all of a sudden you've gone to a glancing kind of recognition of something to a affirmation, this is the thing, then I'm texting it to you guys because it's good for us. So
1: what is the distraction? You can pick one or two that you feel like, yes, this thing, this is a distraction for me. It's not sinful, but boy, does it keep kind of crowd out the best thing. What do you say? 312-274-9624.
0: Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carl and Crew Showcast. Just go to carlandcrew.org. Well, I ticked off Carl Malone one time.
2: <laughs> oh, why'd you do that? It's really funny because when I've been back to Alaska on the Kenai River fishing with friends, Carl Malone has a house right on the Kenai R- River. He's, he's a really? really outdoorsy dude, by the way. I mean, he's, he's a Karl wild Malone. man. Hunter Fisher, yeah, former uh, NBA pass- yeah. basketball great. Yeah. I mean, come on. He was big time back yeah. in the day. And people talk oftentimes in Denver about the game, the game that got away. It, it was the one game I was at, and I was sitting courtside, and we had the game won over the Utah Jazz. And in nine seconds, nine points were scored by the Utah Jazz to win by one at the buzzer. Nine seconds, wow, nine points. I think it still holds as the most points scored in the shortest amount of time for a game-clinching win or something like
3: that. That
2: hurts. It's, it's, it was crazy.
3: Was that in 1994?
2: Yeah, let me do the math here. Is that uh, right? I don't, I don't know. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Denver Seminary is when I was there. My bride's listening right now. She's probably yelling at the radio. <laughs> Babe, text that in <laughs> if that's right. I think that might be right. It was Nuggets, Utah Jazz. Yeah. Screaming. five nine...
3: point deficit.
2: Yeah, it was nuts. And then nine points in nine seconds. Crazy. Crazy. Wow. And there was one controversial call right at the end that made it worse. And Carl Malone's walking off the court, and he has to walk right past me and some friends. And we're all yelling at him. But for some reason, God's giving me a loud voice. <laughs> And and I'm yelling, <laughs> not your not your win, Carl. That's your win. And he stops Carl. dead in his tracks. He turns around, looks at me, and he goes, "My win." <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, I'm, I'm not gonna argue."
3: You're right. It's no, your win. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have it. You win,
2: Carl Malone. <laughs> okay. You win. Now that's a funny way of illustrating this. But I got to tell you, having a front row seat at that game, even though we lost in the worst way possible. Was epic, and I want to invite you into a front row seat to see a win. And the front row seat I'm talking about is joining the prayer crew for Share that's kicking off next Wednesday. I promise you, we will give you the inside skinny of what's going on, what God's telling us, what plays we're calling here. You're going to get good information, so you have good intercession. We're going to Ali and I are going to do a little clip most every morning. We're going to get it off to you early in the morning, but we're asking you to come in and get a half an hour of prayer so that you can get a front row seat. And this is what I promise you. We're not going to lose in overtime. We're not. And you're going to be part of making it happen. You're going to be taking prayer before the Lord, asking God, let's share this year, bring you glory in ways that we've never seen before.
1: So just text the word CREW if you want to be a part of the prayer crew, C-R-E-W to 312-274-9624. Text the word CREW to 312-274-9624
0: your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings.
2: I want to just spend a couple of moments here spiking two things here, one that we just mentioned. If you want to come pray, you feel called of God and the Spirit of God's prompting you to pray for a half an hour slot during share. We've got the coolest spreadsheet here. You just open up this link that we're going to send you and you grab a half an hour or a couple half hours, ask a friend to join in, and I can assure you this blessing will be yours there's something about getting a front row seat to watch god move and being a part of that team that is asking god to move in power in the hearts of people during share it's just epic i'm looking at our tote board here our spreadsheet of people that have signed up we've got lots of availability our goal is to get 10 of you praying every half hour And we've got a long way to go. Would you be one of those that says, man, I got a half an hour or maybe a couple half hours. I'm ready to go right now. Just text the word crew to 312-274-9624. We'll get you a prayer link out right away and uh, no obligation, but check it out. See if you find a half an hour or a couple of them that fit for you. Grab a friend and pray with them. If you're a husband and wife, put both your names down, go on a prayer walk. If you've got that time. We'd love to have you joining us in prayer, really would. And that leads to what's happening next week in Share. Now you know us, we do not want to twist arms. Yeah, I am so overwhelmed by the power of God to work in people's hearts to give generously and it constantly blows my mind. Sometimes do we just throw our heads back and go, what is going on here?
1: That is absolutely the truth. We will sit in here during a share or when we've partnered with other outside ministries. And how many times do we say the Boom Crew, the most generous people, the most generous people in the world listen to this show? It
2: is amazing. But I've got an appeal for a group of you right now, and I don't want you to feel an ounce of condemnation, but I just want to put a challenge out in front of you. Because moving from spectator and consumer to partner gives you a whole new level of ownership of this show. And it doesn't take much. A few shekels and you're going to go, oh, I'm vitally interested in this. Great illustration of this is when young Thunder moved out of his apartment into his home. Yeah. Everything
3: changed, didn't it, man? Oh, yeah. Because I owned it. When something broke in the apartment, it was a rental. So I said, ah, whatever, call the maintenance people, have them fix it, (laughs) you know, no big deal. But when it comes to owning a place, I own the things inside of it and am responsible for it. So I say, hey, we're going to take really good care of this. We're going to make sure this lasts a long time. We're going to make sure, you know, I'm invested in it's doing well or it's doing poorly so that it can be fixed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you to come in and take a special, a new level of interest in this show. And listen, the amount of people that give who list versus how many people who listen, the disparity is huge. There's no question about that. I'm just asking that we close the gap a little bit by God prompting in your heart to take part and share, maybe for the first time ever. And here's what I want you to do. You can give a pre-share gift right now. We've got a phone number and a link to give online. Both options are in play right now. A little pre-share gift would be awesome to prime the pump here. Okay, guys? So I humbly offer this up to you and tell you there's no condemnation. But, man, there's a whole lot of joy when you move to from spectator or consumer to partner and owner. Yeah. It changes the world. It really does. It really does. So I'm asking you to take part in this right now. Yeah,
1: you can text the word if you want to be a part of the prayer crew, text crew, C R E W to 312-274-9624, text crew to 312-274-9624. You can also text the word share if you want to give your gift early. Share to 312-274-9624.
2: Yeah, real simple there guys. And grab one or both of those links. That would be a blessing and a half, man. If you grab crew and share, that'd be great. But a pre-share gift would be so incredible. We normally start with about 10 to 15% or something like that. If we could get started at 20% of our goal this year, man, that would be sweet. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew. And I'm so grateful that you listened to this show, cast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.